Well, hello there. Dukes, Keith, and Griff here from the Anything But Credible podcast, a.k.a. the ABC pod. Fellas? Hello. Oh, hello. We're here to let you know that you could be possibly missing out on the best podcast ever created, aside from the Offended podcast, of course, and you don't want to be missing that. Now, what makes us the best? Griff? Uh, yeah. Great. Keith? Uh, exactly. Look, I'll keep it really simple for you. Crazy people, crazy news, crazy theories, crazy uncredible. That's right. We made that word up. Griff, Keith, say something crazy for me. Quarter Russia wants you to believe in real. real. Nice. Look, you can find us just about anywhere that you get your podcasts, especially Apple Podcasts. Also, don't forget to hit us up on Facebook at ABC Pod. That's ABC P-O-D. Twitter at underscore ABC Pod and Instagram at ABC Podcast. Check in with us for a new episode every Monday and join the conspiracy to commit stupid. We will see you then and shout out to the offended podcast. Adios. Later, guys. Like you more than a friend. The revelation brings a revolution And welcome to Offended, presented by the Anything But Credible Network. It's your boy, Tricky, alongside Katie Katie, Naked Lady. I Jesus Christ. I hate you so much. Our second episode of the week. We haven't done, I haven't done this in so long. Two episodes a week. Oh my God, okay. waiting like 10 minutes to do that such an idiot (laughs) but uh today strictly wrestling this is gonna be our fallout our review of aew revolution we're also going to talk about what happened on the fallout of revolution on aew dynamite that's it we're not going to talk about anything else strictly a e dub w no w's just one w um, so, do you want to talk about? Um, do you want to talk about what happened this past weekend? Also, what do you mean? Oh, you mean like the the pay per view? Yeah, you mean like the offended predictions? Oh no, I don't want to talk and about that. New offended predictions champion Stoutsy. At least it's not you. Hey, at least, at it's, least not you. it's not you. At least it's not you. Stoutsy is your new Offended Predictions champion, getting a perfect score, 100%. Unbelievable. Even with the tie, he even got the tiebreaker Fuck right, him. too. He got everything correct. A clean sweep across the board. I don't think that's ever happened. Stoutsy, I think we've had, I think I had one sweep not once. As, not as not, clean as this. Not No, not like this, no. Uh, but yeah, Stoutsy is your new Predictions champion, ending Katie Katie Naked Lady's 10-month reign of being the offended predictions champion. God, I was so close to a year. Katie is the longest reigning uh, offended predictions champion, though. So you can Thanks. take that. You broke my record. Mine was six months. Yeah, you suck. So yeah, mine was six months. Yours ten. Almost had eleven. You were like three weeks off from like making it eleven months. Well, I still beat you, anyways. Like you were low man on the totem pole when it came to predictions. You did, suck. Did you? Yeah, I did by like three. Whole sure? Yes. Let's see. You got one, two, three, four, five. I got one, two, three, four, five. No. I swear to God. That's not true. Yes, it is. Okay. How many how many check marks is that? 
One, two, three, four, five. Okay. Now let's go to you. How many check marks do you have? One, two, three, four, five. But the tiebreaker, I got. You got wrong. Well, you had CM Punk for your tiebreaker. <laughs> I didn't expect you to have those stats right See, there. Okay, this is what pisses me off. I'm gonna. If we did a face and heel, my heel is Russell Inc. and their owner Raj Gurry, or how you pronounce his name. He's a fucking fraud. He's a fraud bitch who claims he has sources, and he doesn't. He's literally making shit up. He got caught on it this past week, and it's just got brushed under the rug. Like, no, fucking wrestling fans. You're supposed to hate, like, dirt sheets and, like, all these websites that make up all this shit. Why does he get a free pass? He claimed that he had several sources confirmed to him that Christian re-signed with WWE. Because on Offended last week, I said I think it was going to be Christian. I thought it was going to be Christian. I was the first person to bring up Christian, even on fucking Twitter. Nobody was bringing up Christian. I was the one fucking saying it's going to be Christian. It's going to be Christian. And then this guy says, no, it's not because, you know, I had had several sources confirmed that, you know, he already re-signed with WWE. You're making shit up. You costed me a fucking pick on my predictions. Go fuck yourself. Like, if I was betting on this, if I would, oh my God, if I actually had money on this and I got it wrong because of that stupid fucking idiot, I would be furious. Like, furious. I'm sorry. Just don't, don't go out to the public and tell them that, yo, you have a source that confirmed it. No, you don't. You're a fucking loser. Fucking loser. No, because I, I hate dirt sheets like that. Ruin pro wrestling. Why do you read them? I don't read them. It's people retweet them and fucking constantly post them on Twitter. That like you can't help it, but not to see it. I gotcha. It's it's so annoying. I wish I don't know. There's one person, Sean Ross Sap. I think it's how you pronounce. I think it's Sean Ross Sap. He's the only one I like out of like all these wrestling reporters. He's the only one I like. Meltzer's okay. It's Meltzer's partner that I can't stand. At like at all, he's a, such a whiny little bitch. I don't I don't know who you're talking about. Brian Alvarez. Okay. He's just whines and complains about every little fucking thing. It's just like why do you even watch? Yeah, just don't watch. Yeah. Um, but no, fuck dirt sheets. That's if I have a if we do a face and heel of the week here on a, this uh, wrestling wrap up. Uh, my heel are the dirt sheet writers that claim they have sources when in reality they're just making shit up. Just to stir the pot. And as wrestling fans are already crazy enough as it is, you don't need that shit. Like But that's how they get their clicks. But this is how this is why like wrestling this is why wrestlers hate their fans though. Wrestlers don't really care for their fans all that much. Because they get so they take it so seriously and they take it to another fucking level to where they can't even enjoy what they're doing because you have all these fans that are constantly, constantly, constantly complaining online. Why do you think the Young Bucks deleted their Twitter? Oh, did they? I didn't yeah, know that. Both of them did. They were just over it? Yeah. It's just... <sighs> it's it's uh, entertainment, guys. Yep. And they get to write the story so you can watch it, it or, or not. <laughs> all I'll say is this. I'll even shout out PWP for this, too, because 
at least they don't fucking make up shit and post it online to try to get clicks and get clout and all this other shit. Ringside News is a fucking cancer. Wrestle Inc. now, in my opinion, is a fucking cancer. Like, just be a better fucking person. Stop making up shit. Stop getting these wrestlers, like, because so many wrestlers now are, like, in the middle of the shit where they can't even, like, defend themselves because, number one, it's going to ruin the story of whatever show they're on. Or, number two, like, they just ignore it, and then you have all these fans bitching at them. Like, they don't understand the backlash that the wrestlers get for their false information that they're putting out on the internet. That's what I'm saying. Fuck those people. They don't care. They don't care. They're making their money. No, they're, they're pieces of shit. And then that same guy from Wrestle Inc., uh, he wants to fucking go out and say, oh, only Ishida's only champion because of who she's dating in AEW. Go fuck, fuck yourself. Him. Go fuck yourself. Seriously, go fuck yourself. And the fact that people still support him in this fucking site is a fucking joke. So who, like, runs the site? Is it, like, him and his he buddies? Runs or? He runs it. But it's just... I see... And then I saw people on Twitter being like, oh, Wrestle Inc. or Wrestling Inc., whatever it's fucking called. They need to fucking make a statement and get rid of him. And I'm just like, well, he owns the company, so... It'd be like that's me, gonna happen. be like me trying to get rid of you on this podcast. It's just like, what are you trying to prove here, dude? And then he was also live tweeting during the fucking Revolution pay-per-view how bad the show was. And everyone, all of his like responses are like, are we watching the, sh- the same show? Like, the show's been really good. It's like, I don't get it. For the pay-per-view? Yeah. Or for, okay. For Revolution. Yeah. No, it was great. It was probably the best pay-per-view I've watched ever. I wouldn't go that far, but in for my opinion. overall, all matches being great, I yeah. think Revolution last year was better than this year's. Personally, okay, maybe I like it better because I'm I know more of the yeah, yeah. storylines and yeah, that's stuff. That's fair. That's fair. So this was the most entertaining one that I watched so far. Right. Um. Uh. Let's go into Revolution. Um. First off, the buy-in. It was Riho and Thunder Rosa taking on um, Britt Baker, and it was supposed to be Rebel. Rebel. Actually is injured, but she's... Hamming it up. Yeah. So to replace Rebel, they got Maki Ito. Which is... Maki Ito, I think think I'm pronouncing that correctly. She's Um, got her little Mickey Mouse getup. With her singing? Yeah. Yeah. Her Um, her little front vest is like Mickey Mouse. Is it? Yeah, it's like a Mickey Mouse vest. That's why she kind of like acts like a a kid, I think. The denied pop star. Is that what she is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was actually in a uh, like a pop group over in um, Japan, and she got kicked out of it. Oh, yeah, because she wasn't popular enough. So she went oh. in the rest. So she went in the wrestling. Is now one of the most over women's wrestlers in the world, and a lot of like old school wrestling fans and wrestling writers hate her because because she's like Orange Cassidy. They don't like Orange Cassidy either because. Mm. Oh, you're you're showing that wrestling's fake. No fucking shit. We're at a point now where it's like, <laughs> hey, you fucking idiot. It's it's a television show. Holy shit. If you want serious if you want serious shit, just stick around for the rest of the show. You'll get it. Like yeah. it's just one part of the show. But you have idiots like that that just it ruins the rest of the show for them. It's like, are you guys that miserable in your life? <laughs> like, I don't know what else to say. But you're gonna let one fifteen minute match dictate how the rest of the three and a half hour show went. I mean, people have to complain about something most of the time. Right. Yeah, no, I like her though. That match was good. The match was fun. Um, 
She just Britt needs Baker. to get a little bit less green, I think, Maki right. Ito. Right. Um, I think after that, she'll be good to go. Right. Uh, Britt Baker picking up the win there. Um, should have saw that coming. I was kind of shocked at myself that I didn't pick uh, Britt Baker on that. I was After that match happened, I was kind of like, what was I thinking? And then it all went downhill from there. It did. Uh, but either way, still a good match. Uh, first up, what was the first match on the card? It was... You were like, oh, they're starting with this match. What was it? I don't know. But you said that. It was the Young Bucks, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. It was the Young Bucks versus Look Chris at Jericho. Me. I remember. Versus Chris Jericho and MJF. Match was fucking great. It was a great match. In my opinion, that was Chris Jericho's best match since being in AEW. Um, he looks good. He looked really good in the match. Uh, the Everything was just very well done. And that super kick, the Jericho doing the lion salt. Mm-hmm. And they super kicked him in the middle, like mm-hmm. midair. That was awesome. Um, yeah, the match itself was really good. Young Bucks picking up the win. Uh, I totally thought I the Good Brothers. So... This is another thing why I was very annoyed with my predictions. On the AEW Unrestricted podcast last week, Tony Khan said that there was going to be a mystery tag team in the Battle Royal. There wasn't one. No. And I totally thought it was going to be the Good Brothers. Because that would just make the most sense. If they win, then they go on and wrestle the Young Bucks because it's going to happen. It's totally going to happen. Well... There was no mystery team, so my pick was automatically wrong. It's very fucking frustrating. <laughs> um, very entertaining if you're winning. The beginning of that match. So basically, the Battle Royal was a Royal Rumble book for tag teams. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of sloppy. It was very, when I say kind of sloppy, it was very sloppy until, um, I want to say until Jungle Boy. And until Jurassic Express came in. And there I was almost nobody left at that point, though. Picked up. There was a part in the match. So QT Marshall turns on Dustin in the match. Mm-hmm. Jumps over the ropes. Eliminates himself. Leaves Dustin in the ring. Dustin's hanging on to the ropes. And uh, Bunny is kind of pulling on Dustin. While somebody else kicks Dustin off the like the mm-hmm. ring. So Dustin gets eliminated, but what's very awkward about that is the way Dustin falls kind of falls onto Bunny, almost as if that wasn't supposed to happen. Right. And if you go back and watch that match, when he falls off the apron, everybody in the ring kind of pauses and looks at each other, and you can tell they're yelling at each other like, okay, we're going to do this, 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 this. Like... Mm -hmm. So I don't think Dustin was supposed to get eliminated, which I think caused a lot of the sloppiness in the match. Whose and, fault do you think that was? You think he just lost his grip? Yeah, I think he totally lost his grip. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't think he was supposed to get eliminated. Uh, so yeah, the match was kind of sloppy. And then Dress Express is out. Um, who was uh, Pack? No, who was first? I want to say it was Alex Reynolds and Silver, or were they last? last to come out the final three teams that came out were like yeah, they i think it picked was up the it match was like silver, crazy it was silver and reynolds Jurassic express and then pack and yeah. uh, ray phoenix yeah. right was there was there wasn't a third team um was it santana and ortiz 
It might have been. I don't remember the exact order on that. I'm going to look it up real quick. Because the last three teams that came into the match, that match then picked up like a motherfucker and was just (laughs) balls to the wall awesome. You want to know why? It's probably because Dustin was supposed to be eliminated at that point. Probably. You know what I mean? Like the people, when Dustin got eliminated, the people left in the ring were like, fuck. Dustin was supposed to be like the, the manager of the ring and he's gone, so what do we do? And so then when all the... Three new teams came in. They already had their storylines, and the fact that Dustin was in or out didn't matter to them. That's what I think. Of course, it doesn't say what I'm trying to look up. But either way, yeah, the final three teams in that match, when they came in, it was awesome. Uh, the final, like, four, which I think it was, wasn't it Pack and Phoenix? Yep. And Silver and Jungle Boy, right? Yep. And that final four was awesome. It was awesome. Because I think Pac got eliminated. Well, Pac and Silver went toe-to-toe, and I was like, I didn't realize how short Pac was. Yeah. Yeah. They're like the almost the same size, except um, Silver's a little bit ripped. Like, he's a little bit bulkier than Pac. Uh, Pac's ripped, but I'm saying Reynolds is bigger. No, oh. Not Reynolds. Fuck. Silver is a little bit bigger. No. You don't think so? <laughs> no. Pack is fucking ripped. Yeah, they're both ripped. And Pack is way more ripped. I thought than... Silver looked like meatier, just by a little bit. Yeah, he's the meat man. Yeah. I mean, that's Pack. Right. Okay. As I'm showing her, this is great podcasting stuff right here. We're doing a great job the last like two, three minutes. You think he's meatier? Maybe it's because he's not as cut. Okay. Uh, well, anyway, yeah, but Pack and Ray Phoenix, they win the match. Solid fucking, or solid ending, I should say. And the correct team, in my opinion, won. Um, I was very annoyed, though, because I was expecting a mystery team, and that totally fucked up my predictions to where I was just like, leave me alone for the rest of the night. Pretty about much. Because like, due to several things being wrong, I could have won those fucking predictions. I don't know. Stoutsy was so fucking close. My tiebreaker was supposed to be Christian. <laughs> I would have gotten the tiebreaker correct. That's why it drives me insane. I was the one that told Stoutsy that it's going to be Christian as the surprise signing. Since we're on the thing, Christian is the surprise signing. Showed up at Revolution. <laughs> it was great. He doesn't say a word. He's using his old TNA theme song, which is cool as shit. Christian Cage again, and to all the fucking losers out there that want to say, oh, that wasn't a major signing, you're a fucking idiot. You people are also the same motherfuckers that when he showed up at the Royal Rumble, you guys jizzed in your fucking pants. Shut the fuck up, you fucking WWE fuckboys. Shut up. Like, holy shit. I it's like awesome. Christian. I'm excited. Christian's awesome. It's, it's fucking awesome. We'll get in the dynamite here after Revolution. Um... Next up, let's go to Miro and Kip Sabian versus best friends. Match was just what it is, what it was. The match was totally showcasing Miro. That's totally Mm -hmm. what I said it was going to be last week, and that's exactly what it was. It was just all about Miro being a bad motherfucker. Which he is. Yes. And I love that, like, he knocked, like, Penelope Ford off the apron and was like, I don't give a fuck. I'm beating the shit out of everybody else in this match. And she fell pretty hard. Yeah. And... He had Kip Sabian's checking on his wife outside of the ring, and Miro's like, "Get in the ring and tag me!" Like, 
Just like, oh, here we go. The seeds are being planted for a little breakup here. Mm-hmm. They're going to turn Kip face and have Miro just kill him, basically. Miro's going to just go on a rampage. They, in my opinion, that match did a very good job of showing that Miro is going to be a major player for AEW in the mm-hmm. long run. Um, next up, Matt Hardy versus Adam Hangman Page. Big money match. That match was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. That was going to be kind of like, eh, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think the last 10 minutes of the match made up for like the whole thing with the Dark Order coming down and helping out Adam, helping out Adam Page and all that. Page picks up the victory, and then after the match, there's a big group hug in the middle of the ring with the Dark Order. Seemingly as almost kind of like, did he just join them? Join us. And then, so, uh, being the elite, and um, I'm trying to think. Do they show the lawnmower on being the elite or not? Where else would they have shown it? It was on Dynamite. Oh, I think it was on being the elite. No, that part was on Dynamite. Oh, I didn't know that. So, uh, back in 2020, uh, <laughs> so they always change what Adam what Adam Page's like thing says when he comes out, like his name plate. Right, it's like Adam Hangman Page. He's too drunk. Like, yeah, needs another beer for this right. match or something. So one of them in 2020 was when he was still tag team champions was needs to borrow money for a new lawnmower. That was one of them. Next up, when he was still part of the elite, they did that whole bit on being the elite where like they wanted to send in um, money to Chili's for those baby back ribs. Mm-hmm. And Adam Page is like, hey, I need that money so I can go buy myself a new lawnmower with that money. That's where Brody Lee comes in because Matt said, no, we're not doing it because Matt thought the idea was stupid. This is all I'm being the elite. So then the Dark Order takes it, and it's like, they don't want, they're not going to send this in. Let's, Chili's wants us. Chili's wants wrestlers to do it. Let's send it. So they send in their version of, I want my baby back ribs. They get the Chili's money. Right. That's when the whole John Silver and Alex Rollins like, we got Chili's. <laughs> and then Brody Lee wins the TNT championship. Next episode of Dynamite, he brings out two lawnmowers because he had enough money to get those lawnmowers. So it must have been an inside joke with like Brody Lee and Hangman Page. It must mean something else. Like they must have been like, oh, we got to go get right. that cheddar. Well, oh, what about those lawnmowers right. or something so, stupid like that? So uh, on the next and after that Dynamite, when they bring out the two lawnmowers on that next episode of uh, Being the Elite, Brody Lee's sitting in the lawnmower with the TNT Championship while the Dark Order's around him going, fuck Hangman, fuck Hangman. It's just great. God, I miss Brody so much. So anyway, yeah, so go back now on April, or excuse me, on August uh, 10th, 2020, Hangman tweeted out, one day I'm going to buy a new lawnmower. And then this past week on Dynamite, with after beating Hangman Page, he gets his fucking gigantic lawnmower with all the Dark Order surrounding him. It's awesome. It's so great. It's It's such a little thing that is so funny. But yet so heartwarming to see because the Dark Order is involved with it and it has a little bit of Brody in it. That and the fact that like we've talked about this time and time again where each wrestler is responsible for their story. So they're adding in so many tiny little details that 
someone who is a story writer for like the general corporation Mm -hmm. would not pick up on that or would not think it's worth it to put that in their story. Right. You know, so Hangman's tweeting out, Hangman's like, hey, you should put this as my thing when I walk out. You know, it's just. Uh, Next, we had the face of the revolution ladder match where the winner becomes the number one contender for the TNT championship, which the winner would go to the next dynamite to wrestle Darby. I got it. Okay. Match was fucking bonkers. It was crazy. Like it was a wild fucking ladder match. I didn't like it. At first I thought it was kind of sloppy at the very beginning for like the first five minutes. I was like, Oh, I hope this kind of picks up. And then it just, goes crazy like i mean crazy wrestlers were taking bumps crazy bumps left and right uh max caster taking that that horrible fucking Mm -mm. bump from lance archer Mm -hmm. holy shit which i guess you know what speaking of max caster it's another week and another rap was dropped let's check it out How about that? That governor, that governor Cuomo line. That and canceling like Dr. Seuss. The crowd was like, oh. Flatten their chests like Lola Bunny. Yeah, he's he's up. He's good. He's good. He's fucking real good. He's a good heel. Yeah, he is. He's awesome. I'm telling you, they're the modern, the acclaimed of the modern day New Age Outlaws. Where like Road Dog would come out, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, D Generation X, all that shit. Mm-hmm. And Billy Gunn would just be like, if you're not down with that, we got two words for you. Suck it. And then on the acclaimed, it's Anthony Bowens is Billy Gunn. The acclaimed? With him, have arrived. Yeah. Like, it's the same thing. It's literally the same thing, just differently. You know, mimic, what is it? Uh, oh, Fuck. So the best like yeah. form of like flattery or whatever. Yeah, I can't remember. Imitation's that. the best form of flattery. Thank you, thank you. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's the face of the revolution ladder match uh, where they literally pull down a brass ring. Insane, but it's also just, funny. It's hilarious, even though the ring looked like a Sonic the Hedgehog ring that you collect in the game. Looked like a donut. Yeah. Um. Anyway, the match was insane. We saw the debut of uh, all ego Ethan Page. Not the biggest fan of the guy. Really not. Um, Why? I thought you said you liked him. He's all right. I mean, he's all right. I don't know. Uh, he it's, it's he needs to get like a little more oomph like with his like hits and his kicks and oh, stuff. Okay. Like he looks a little soft. 
Okay. He's got so he can pull off some cool moves. Don't get me wrong, but like his strikes are just they don't do it for me. Okay. And I don't know. I've heard some stories about him being kind of hard to work with. So mm. those are never good. Yeah. So we'll see. But uh, Scorpio Sky picking up the win there. Didn't um, expect that. I he was my second pick. He was I picked uh, Penta El Cerro Miro and um, Scorpio Sky was kind of like I almost picked him. See, I feel like he's been real quiet this whole year. Like he's he hasn't been, really done much. He's, he's kind of been like the ace of Dark lately. Oh, okay. So I haven't really year. watched Dark. Yeah. Dark has become like one of my favorite shows. Yeah. Like I love watching Dark. Yeah, you always are watching it. Um, but yeah. Uh, Scorpio Sky picks up the win. It was really good. Uh, Cody selling the injury the whole time was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that bump, man, that Max Caster took on the ladder from the murder Hulk Lance Archer. Scary motherfucker. Yeah, I thought he didn't like rotate enough, but he per- like landed perfectly, but still looked like, oh. It's all about the illusion. Like Dave said, I would have shit my pants if I had to take that bump. <laughs> uh, that was a, just a wild match. Next, we have uh, Hikaru Shida taking on uh, Ryo Mizunami. And solid match. Very solid match. Um Hikaru Shida is just one of the best women's wrestlers in the world, in my opinion. Picks up the win. Uh, after the match, she was attacked by... Britt Baker, Nyla Rose, and uh, Maki Ito, while Thunder Rosa and Riho Mizunami helped uh, Shida after the match. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very strange that we didn't see Riho come out and help, and we didn't see Riho and Dynamite either. Yeah, I thought that was weird. I don't know. But either way, continues the Britt Baker-Thunder Rosa feud, which we'll get into here in a second. Uh, next... In my opinion, this is the greatest cinematic match I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even... Sorry, Boneyard match. This street fight match is blows the Boneyard match out of the fucking water. I'm not, I'm not sorry, Boneyard match. I've been saying this since the Boneyard match came out. I said they could have done so much more. Matt Hardy's final deletion stuff that's basically comedy and wrestling. I get it. Uh, but this street fight... Team Taz versus Darby Allen and Sting. Holy shit, was that awesome. It was scary, like all of the... So well done. All of the minions coming out wearing the Sting-Darby masks and being like, wow, that's kind of freaky and Mm -hmm. I'm a little terrified. And then Sting taking bumps. Right. Uh, The storytelling alone with like the... Sting swinging the bat up through the window, which before they kept like kind of looking at the window before that, and then he swung the bat up through the window. I go, someone is coming out of the window, and I'm pretty sure it's Darby. Well, yeah, and I called it. And I was kind of wondering if they were gonna do like a crazy thing where they threw Sting out of the window, and I'm like, well, they could easily do that because they can easily take a body double and have him take the bump because you can hide his face very well with the face paint. Which the face paint was awesome because they both they had a mixture of each yeah, other. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, Sting looked creepy. Yeah, he did. He yeah, looked. He did. He like with his regular face paint. You're like, oh, it's it's Sting. Right. And then with this, I was like, oh, this Sting's gonna murder. I got somebody. like chills, and, and I was like, this is like fucking this, scary yeah, ass. That Sting's gonna murder you, and then eat your heart after he's yeah. done murdering you. Yeah. 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 Um, 
I have to laugh at all the people online. They're like, why did Ricky Starks take the pin from Sting? Why would they do that to him? Hey, uh, dipshits, uh, Ricky Starks and Darby Allen booked the match. They actually did everything themselves. Like, Darby was the one that directed, like, the whole match while Ricky Starks came up with everything else in the Wait, match. Wait, people are mad about that? Yeah, because they said, oh, it's hurting Ricky Starks. Cause Sting oh, go him. fuck yourself. It's Sting. Yeah. It's fucking Sting. But, yeah, and hear me out to this, too. That was Sting's first victory in, like, 10 years almost since TNA because he didn't win a single match in WWE. It, and it wasn't like Sting came out there and was like, oh, I'm going to hit you now. And, oh, no, Sting looked like a bad motherfucker. Yeah. Sting looks scary. He was scary. I'm sorry that you got the shit beat out of you and then Sting pinned you. How like, about that bump that Darby took when he got thrown through that glass-like plane? I don't... They, that was one take. That was Darby was like, we got to do it well. Yeah. We got to do it once because... And even when he goes through, he's sitting there like selling it. Well, the thing... And then the thing collapsed. fell on yeah, his head. it collapsed on him. Yeah. I was like, that shit... He probably has a concussion from that. Yeah. Darby's a psycho. And then the... The jump out of the window from Darby at the end, and then Sting winning the match. It's fucking so good. So good. Okay. So great storytelling. And now, we're at the main event. Oh, we're already here. <laughs> this match. We'll talk about the ending in a minute. The ending is a whole separate thing from yes. the entire match. The match itself, in my opinion, is one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. I really couldn't watch it. It wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. No, yeah, I think you could. I think you could watch it now. You did show me some stuff, like you. Would, there was like one part where I was like, "Oh, like." I can't cringing. watch people get thrown into barbed wire. I can't. The part where I cringed the most is when Moxley suplexed Omega into, or he gave him a paradigm shift into the barbed wire on the outside. I cringed at that because Omega's foot was like an inch away from going over the pyro when the pyro went off. Mm. I'm like, he's going to blow his foot off. Like, and his, and I'm, I'm sitting there watching it. I'm like, please just do this move right. Please do this move right. They got enough room. Just land on the side to where Omega's not going to go near the pyro. And sure enough, Omega goes right to the pyro. His leg goes right over the pyro. Literally missing it by like, I want to say like a second, and then the pyro went off. That's so crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But what grossed me out wasn't that. What grossed me out was a was fucking Moxley trying to get out of the fucking barbed wire. I can't he was watch like, it. He was like, "I'm stuck." Like basically, you can see him kind of looking at the referee, like, "I'm fucking stuck. Like I can't get out. Like I'm. It's in me." Mm. That was great. The pyro around the ring when they would hit the ropes was so fucking cool. It was so well done. That match was violent. Man, it just reminded me of old school McFoley matches. My heart was pounding during that match. I haven't watched a wrestling match like that where I'm like nervous watching that match. Mm-hmm. Maybe that added to it. I want to rewatch it again now, knowing the ending. Um the match was just so good, and it has arguably one of the greatest kickouts ever. One of the best near like false finishes ever in a wrestling match. It's when Omega hits the one wing angel onto Moxley, and I'm like, and it right before he like did it, I was like, I I turned to you, and I'm like, oh shit, mm-hmm. here it comes. 
the first time ever. Somebody's going to kick out of the... Moxley's going to be the first one ever to kick out of the One-Wing Angel. It's happening. And then you're like, oh, no! But he doesn't kick out. Instead, oh, my God, this is just so fucking smart and so well done. It protects the move. Moxley just kicks the ropes and the pyro goes off. The explosion happens to where Kenny sells it like it's in his eyes and stuff. It's just like... It was so fucking good. Mm-hmm. It was just so because he doesn't kick out. It protects the finisher, and the match keeps going. It, it was just so good. And that the anticipation, rewinding to the beginning, uh, the anticipation for the first time they hit the ropes. You're like, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? Yeah, I didn't like that. They teased it like several times, and the first time it happens, the crowd goes fucking nuts. The crowd goes insane. And I think that's why I looked at you. I'm like, this is so fucking cool. Halfway through the match, I think it actually was after the false finish where Moxley kicks the ropes and the explosion goes off. I think I turned to you and said, "This is, I think this is becoming my all-time favorite wrestling match. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm in love with this match. I haven't felt that way about a wrestling match in a very long time. There's been a lot of good ones that, has hap- that have happened on AEW recently. But this match, I mean, I was just head over heels for this match. It, in my opinion, it was perfect. From start to finish, it was perfect. Omega then hits another one-wing angel on Moxley onto the chair. One, two, three. It's over. Right. Well, the rules are, at the end of the 30 minutes, uh, an explosion, all the explosions will go off. But it's wrestling. They, they can't get the explosions to turn off after the match. So it's like, oh, shit, the countdown clock is still going. It's still going. Mm-hmm. Right. Now we're going to go into this. Here we are. So what I just talked about before I still stand behind, I think, is one of the greatest wrestling matches I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> but what happened next? It was sad. <laughs> it's just, it was just a bummer. It yeah. was just a bummer. I was so bummed after that. Was so bummed because Eddie Kingston running out to save Moxley after the Good Brothers came down to help out Omega, they put handcuffs on Moxley, left him in the ring, left him in the ring, basically from the die. That's what they're alluding to. Mm-hmm. With the, and Kingston's like, "What no. the fuck are you doing? Like, you're, you're gonna kill him. You're gonna kill him." And the Butcher and the Blade are trying to hold back Kingston, and Kingston's like, "No, no, it's my brother." And he runs into the ring. He's like, "Mox." Mox, Mox, get up, Mox. It's just, it is, it sucks because that's such a beautiful moment. That would have been so cool. That moment, that storytelling in that moment was so well done where I was looking at you like, oh my God, like I'm almost on the verge of tears. This is so fucking well done. It's making me believe Mm -hmm. that like Moxley's about to die. Mm -hmm. It's literally making me believe this. It literally, for 10 seconds, made me feel like I am about to watch somebody die. And Kingston's doing everything he can to get him out. Like, he's doing everything he can to get him out of the ring. And he can't get him out of the ring. So what does Kingston do? He's like, fuck it. I'm going to die with you. Holds him, covers him up. Mm -hmm. And then... One of the most disappointing endings ever. And it's not their fault. It wasn't their fault. Uh, apparently, in rehearsals, uh, 
it went off perfectly where everybody was satisfied. Tony Khan thought it was amazing. The pyro. He was like, this is fucking awesome. Oh no, that makes me so sad. Yeah. They're like, they were saying like how awesome it was. Everybody involved was like, this is incredible. So did they ever say what was wrong with it? Yes. That's what I'm getting to. It was legit. Just a dud. The pyro didn't go off. So what we saw go off was only like... A tenth of what it was. Yes. Not even. The sparklers were supposed to be like... The ring posts were supposed to be on fire to where the sparklers on the side would make it look like they're... Yeah. But the stuff on the ring posts didn't go off. There's supposed to be more stuff around the ring. They didn't go off. And there was supposed to be something else, I think, over them that didn't go off. Like what the... What luck... Right. And they didn't have a backup plan. Um, Which they should have. Right. So you had Moxley and Kingston looking stupid as fuck. Selling it. Selling it. Well, Moxley didn't really sell it. Moxley was, his eyes were open. He was just staring up like, Moxley's face at the end was like, what the fuck? Well, he also just got his ass beat. So whatever he would have done would have made sense in the story. Right. Kingston, on the other hand, selling it made no fucking sense. No, the ref or whoever was like up there holding him should have been like, "Quit, dude!" Like, right? You, we or Moxley, they should have been like talking to each like, other. Like, hey, don't sell it. Mm-hmm. They're like, "What the? What the hell was this?" Basically, they covered it perfectly on dynamite. We'll get in the dynamite here in a minute. Um, but man, 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 man. What a fucking bummer that was. I mean, I was just sad when that happened. I'm sure a lot of people in it were sad. I wasn't even mad. I was just sad. I was like, man, that was so well done just for that to happen. That sucks. Like, that fucking sucks. Yeah. We literally got one of the most intense moments ever in wrestling just for the sparkles to go off. I will say, and we can get into it a little bit more later, but to AEW's credit of handling it, WWE would have handled it so differently. They would have. And it would have been so fucking stupid. Right. They would have. Um, so, yeah. That's your AEW Revolution talk. Uh, before we get into the dynamite, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor, the Going Off Topic podcast with Mr. Kyle Fauché. What's up, everybody? Kyle Fauché here to tell you about my brand new podcast, the Going Off Topic podcast brought to you by the Anything But Credible Network. On Going Off Topic, I look at all forms of media from different real and theoretical angles that you don't usually hear about, from movies to TV to music to sports to gaming to anything, really. You never know what the topic will be, but you're guaranteed a new angle and a different conversation about it, that's for sure. You can find Going Off Topic anywhere and everywhere that you get your podcasts. Check out our social media feeds on Facebook, Going Off Topic with Kyle Fauché, on Twitter, Going underscore off underscore topic. And don't forget about anythingbutcredible.com, where you can find everything for the pod, including the written blog post. That's right. We're carrying over the Going Off Topic blog to anythingbutcredible.com, too. So check it all out there, and I'll catch you on the next topic.
So, uh, Dynamite happens this past week, and I gotta be honest with you, with the way Revolution ended, I was very concerned with how Dynamite was gonna play out this week. Because I've seen so many instances like this in wrestling in general, where there's a major, major, major botch like that. And the company cannot recover after that. It yeah. basically was the start of their downfall for many other companies when the, something like that badly happened. I wasn't worried. So where they couldn't, they just could not recover from it. AEW, in my opinion, recovered from it and then some. Um, basically, AEW did such a good job on Dynamite this past week to the point where the explosion's almost an afterthought now because everybody's talking about the ending to Dynamite this mm-hmm. past week. They basically, you go from the worst ending ever at Revolution to one of the most jaw-dropping endings ever in Dynamite. Yeah, and it was, I mean, you you felt like something like this was coming for a while, mm-hmm. but we didn't exactly know what was going to happen. Are we just right. going to straight up talk about the ending? Well, no, we're going to get into it. Okay. That's going to be the last thing we talk okay, about. Okay, cool. Um, first off, Dynamite starts off with Matt Jackson of the Young Bucks taking on Ray Phoenix. Um, solid match. Uh doesn't compare to Nick Jackson versus Ray Phoenix, though, because that Matt's not as flippy. <laughs> no. Um, Which is Ray Phoenix's style right. is flippy. Uh, I will say, I know a lot of people don't like the no-selling stuff or whatever, and I understand that. However, um, the where Matt Jackson super kicks Ray Phoenix... Then Phoenix goes through the ropes, does his little like rebound rope thing, little that barrel he does. roll kind of thing. Yeah, and he comes back in and gets super kicked again. But when he hits the mat, when he when Phoenix falls back to hit the mat, he nips up quickly and roundhouses Matt Jackson in the head, and they both drop to the mat. That mm-hmm. part of that match was phenomenal, flawless. Uh, Ray Phoenix picking up the win with Pack and Nick Jackson, kind of fighting on the outside a little bit. It's a good opener. Then we go into uh, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston cutting a promo together. Um, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. I thought the way that they covered it, they did a very good job. Eddie Kingston was like, do you want to know why? Like, I blacked out. I blacked out because I had anxiety because I thought my friend was going to die. And it made me think of, I thought it's all we're hitting rock bottom again and i blacked out because it made me feel like that time i was in jail and all this stuff i'm mm-hmm. like all right that makes sense yep and then moxley being like hey kenny omega uh when you got those explosives did you uh did you order it and it had a big th- sign that said acme on the front of it basically from the looney tunes he was so relaxed in that interview mm-hmm. too he was just so casual and to be honest w like what i was saying earlier wwe would have handled it as Oh, Kingston and Moxley are still recovering from their injuries from a bad explosion. And. <laughs> Where is it? I don't know. God. All right. Yeah. Recovering from a bad explosion. And their injuries are still so bad. Like they would have tried to sell that completely. Like the explosion would have really happened. Right. Right. Yeah, I thought they did a really good job. Um, I love how Moxley was like, what did I get out of this? I got this cool t-shirt, but that's all I got. You took the title from me. like Right, like you had you were the better man that night, but 
Doesn't mean um, I'm not coming for you. Fun fact. Um, Moxley on a podcast recently said that after he lost the title, he had plans to, that he wanted to be in a tag team with Brody Lee, kind of alluding to that he maybe would have joined the Dark Order, but he really wanted a tag team with Brody Lee. That's like what he like really, really, really wanted. And then he kind of was like, well, obviously we can't do that anymore. It's like maybe Kingston down the road would be somebody fun to team with. Mm-hmm. So it seems like this is happening now where they're going to be a pretty big tag team for AEW. And that's cool for Kingston too. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, we had Cody Rhodes taking on a jobber, beats him in like a minute. And then afterwards, Penta El Sierra Miedo gets on the mic with, um, I forget his name. but The Spanish announcer. Yeah. Uh, and basically, he was translating for Penta. And one of the things Penta said was, I'm going to beat you so badly that you're not even going to be able to hold your baby daughter when she's born, which Cody snapped, went after him. They brawled in the crowd cool thing so uh they will wrestle each other next week it's gonna be a great match mm-hmm. uh let's see what was next what happened after that i don't know uh, matt hardy basically was depressed Cry talking baby. to isaiah cassie and mark quinn private party saying that he saved up enough money to continue paying them until April 1st, till the first quarter ends. And then he signed someone. And then they signed the Butcher and the Blade. And the Bunny. Yep, and the Bunny. Who I, I don't like the Bunny. I, I, I know. I don't like her. She doesn't do anything. Her gimmick doesn't work. It's all right. I've seen a lot worse. Not in AW. No, not in AW, but I've seen a lot worse. Well, that doesn't mean it's good, though, or okay. I understand that. I know. Um, Then we get into (laughs) a weird moment of the show. Ethan Page makes his Dynamite debut against Big Shoddy Lee Johnson. But during the entire match, somehow an NBA game, the feed from the audio from an NBA game kicks on. And plays Defense. throughout the entire Defense. match to the point where even you hear "Ain't No Mountain High Enough." Ain't no mountain high enough. But you're throwing me off. <laughs> Sorry, you're just throwing me off. <laughs> it's like when Am Sandler's like, "I appreciate the clapping, but all I hear is clapping." Okay. But um, yeah. I mean, feel bad for Ethan Page, but. I want to say somebody like ran into the ring after that because Ethan Page like continues the beat down Lee Johnson. Did Dustin get in the ring? Yeah, after that? he did. And then yeah, because QT Marshall was out there and QT like ran off away from Dustin because QT turned heel. So mm-hmm. uh, speaking of QT, finally wrestled Fuego del Sol on AEW Dark. That match was great. Fuego finally hit the tornado DDT on QT. QT still picked up the win though. Mm-hmm. It's a fun match. This is a fun little match. Uh, next, we had Tony Schiavone interviewing Sting. And Lance Archer came out, surprisingly, and was like, if you don't make time for me, I'll I'm going to take it. Time, yeah. yeah. And Sting was like, okay, see you later. That was okay. basically it. See ya. But a little fun fact here. In my universe mode, weirdly enough, I had Sting and Lance Archer actually feud on my universe mode like literally a month ago. So you predicted this. Yep, I guess I did. Not the first time. 
It's weird. Like, it's just so random. It is random. There's so many wrestlers you could have picked. Right. Uh, next, we had Dr. Britt Baker, Maki Ito, and Nyla Rose versus Hikaru Shida, Ryo Mazanami, uh, Misanami, and Thunder Rosa. It's a fun match. My favorite part of this match is uh, Maki Ito at the stage. While all hell's breaking loose, she's just continuing singing her song while people are fighting still. Her music's cut and she still keeps going. Yeah, it's so great. She's She must be protected at all costs. <laughs> she needs to be a little bit tougher. Yeah. And that's it. Don't you change mean, anything else. You mean when Sheeta ran up to her and she like hits her with the mic and she's like, uh-huh. uh. And she like pulls back too yeah. quickly. Yeah, it was a fun match. After the match, Britt Baker attacked uh, Thunder Rosa. Beat her with a crutch. Beat her with the crutch. Put her in the, I think it's a lockjaw, I think is what the her finishing move is called. Uh, they put her in that. And it was announced next week on Dynamite. For the first time ever, women are going to main event Dynamite. And cool. it lights out unsanctioned match between Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. I can't wait for that match. That's awesome. And it's so smart of AEW to do this. Instead of just being like, here, women. Here are two random women. Here's the main event of Dynamite. Have fun. This is one of the best feuds in AEW right now. And it's like, yes, this makes sense to main event. It's not just like, oh, we feel bad for the women. Here's the main event spot. No, it's like, you earned it. Here's the main event spot. They've been building up that story for so long, too. Yeah. I'm excited for that. Uh, let's see. Uh, Kenny Omega and Don Callis cut an amazing promo, again, covering up for the ending of Revolution and they did it so well too that Kenny Omega did it on purpose to take the to take it away from from Moxley. Basically, he mm-hmm. did it on purpose so Moxley can't have the spotlight. Like he embarrassed him on purpose. I'm like, oh, okay, this all makes sense. Good job, AEW. Way to cover your ass. <laughs> they did a very good job of covering their ass, in my opinion. Um, and then. As Omega and Callus are out there, they were also with the Good Brothers out there. And as they're still talking shit, Kingston came out and started the brawl with all four of them in the ring at once by himself. And then Moxley came running out and the Good Brothers and were basically, they take the Good Brothers out of the ring, Moxley and Kingston do, and they brawl on the outside of the ring. When Christian Cage's music hits, he comes out to the ring, stares Kenny Omega face to face looks to hit the kill switch. Um, it's his finishing move. Omega gets out of the ring, and then Christian walks over to the AEW World Championship, picks up the title, looks at it, and looks back at Omega. We're getting Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage for that title, which That's, will be awesome. Yes, I can't wait. That's going to be awesome. And shout out Edge and Christian, fucking taking over the wrestling world in WWE and AEW. They have they get to have one final run on their terms this time. It's so great. It is cool because both of them had to retire early due to injury, and now they're like, "We're good to go. Let's go out on our own terms." Yeah, I uh, feel like when you choose to go out on your own terms versus being forced to, like, it's still sad, mm-hmm. maybe to leave something you love, but at least you're leaving when you feel like you've left something good behind. Right. Right. Uh, next. TNT Championship match. Darby Allen versus Scorpio Sky. Great match. This was a great, great, great match. Uh, Darby 
again, pulling out the win after getting his ass kicked for the whole match. That's just a, seems like it's a Darby thing. Just, just get beat Darby down until he doesn't have any more face paint on. Did you say beat? Yeah, Darby never mind. Down. Okay, yeah, never mind. I thought I missed. I don't know why I thought you missed that. It was hard to say beat Darby down <laughs> until he has no face paint on. What I love about this, what I love, love, love about this, Scorpio Sky turns heel at the end and beats the shit out of Darby Allen after the match. Yep. Because Darby barely escapes with a roll-up victory. Scorpio Sky lays in the ring like, son of a bitch, I fucked up again. This is like the third or second time he has had a TNT championship match. And lost. Yeah. So he's just in the ring like, god damn it. Fucking lost again. And he just snaps and just goes to break Darby's leg. And it's so fucking good. Darby, like the way he was selling that, mm-hmm. I was like, Darby looks like he's in legitimate pain. Right. And then Scorpio Sky does like the thing where he's like in shock for a second after what he did. And he's looking at his hands. And as he's looking at his hands, he just starts smiling. And he's like, oh, shit. Scorpio Sky is about to turn into a bad motherfucker. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, I can't wait. I think Scorpio Sky might be your top, one of your top heels by the end of the year. I believe it. He's good. He's good. Then here we are. The ending. The dynamite. The, the war inner council. circle war council. What did you think was going to happen during this before like anything happened? Uh, so the war council between Jericho, MJF, and then who's the big guy? Jake Hager. Jake Hager and then the brothers. Yeah, brothers. The cousins. They're not cousins. I thought They're they just were. friends. Santana and Ortiz. Oh, I thought they were brothers or cousins. I thought they were family. Okay, anyways. They, I figured something was going to happen either amongst themselves or, I don't, I don't know. I just thought some portion was going to break off and I didn't know which portion. That's not a great explanation. I didn't know what was going to happen, honestly. Like, um, I thought maybe, I actually thought maybe they were going to beat up Santana and Ortiz. Yeah. They were going to be the next, like, group to be picked off from the inner circle. I thought they were going to go one by one, basically. Start with Sammy, go one by one to where MJF basically is standing tall. Like, broke them out, broke them apart from the inside out. Right. This direction that they want, though is way better in my opinion. Um, they did a double twist. Yeah. So it starts off with Jericho being like, we are not, we have not been good for the last several months. We need a change. Maybe we add somebody to the inner circle and MJF cuts him off. He's like, no, 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 no. It's like, I think we need to kick somebody out of the inner circle. That's when I was really thrown off. I was like, well, who the fuck are you going to kick out? Right. And then Sammy Guevara's music kicks on. Sammy Guevara returns, comes back Sammy Guevara is going to be one of the most over baby faces for AEW for years to come. As long as he doesn't chew his gum like that all the time. It was a little <laughs> excessive. It didn't look natural. It was like, chew your gum like a normal person. Um, He cut a great promo. I thought he sounded great. Oh, he did sound great. Because if you go back to and watch like the earlier Dynamites, his promos aren't that great. He's been practicing. Yeah. Well, he's been working with Jericho. Mm-hmm. Um, Sammy gets in the ring. He tells Chris he just needs to watch this video. Just watch this video. Just watch it. Please trust him. Watch the video. So it cuts to Sammy setting up his, like, basically his video camera where he does all of his vlogs with. 
which I thought was very smart of them to incorporate that into the story. It's realistic. They So he hides the camera in the locker room. Uh, Santana, Ortiz, and Hager all hanging out, and then MJF walks in. MJF says that tonight's the night we're going to take out Jericho. Who's in with me? All three of them, Hager, Santana, Ortiz, all say we're in. They knuck him. And it cuts back to in the ring, and Jericho looks kind of shocked. And Sammy's just, like, shaking his head. And Ortiz, Santana, and Hager are just staring at Jericho like, we're going to fuck you up. And MJF's like, get him, boys. Walk towards Jericho. And as they get face-to-face with Jericho, they all turn around and face MJF. And Jericho's like, you stupid son of a bitch. You, he's like, you guys, you don't think that we talk every day? He's like, if anything, MJF, you're fired, says all this stuff. Basically, the inner circle turned babyface right there. Uh, there are no longer heels. MJF cowers in the corner. He starts crying, and he's like, wait, 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 please, 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 please. He's like, he's like, I really didn't want to lead the inner circle. I didn't want to lead the inner circle because I was too busy making a group of my own. And he smiles, and the lights go out. Lights come back on, and behind the inner circle are Wardlow, Sean Spears, Tully Blanchard, and FTR, all with bottles of Jericho's champagne in their hands, and they smash it on every single one of the inner circle's heads. While MJF is just by himself, fixing his suit, walking around the ring, watching the inner circle get the shit kicked out of him. He doesn't lay a finger on anybody. Nope. And it's so evil. It's so maniacal. It is he great. Looks so, he, yeah. he wasn't funny evil. He was evil evil. Yeah. Yeah. With him sitting on like the ropes, like watching everything, like basically like fixing his tie, like looking around. I was like, you want guys want to fuck with me again? He was mobster. Yeah. It, totally. Mm-hmm. Totally a mobster like vibe mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, Sam, Sammy tweeted out, I'm back taking those bumps again because he's... Uh, Spears put his head through the chair. Uh, oh, yeah. Jericho got busted open. And at first, it's so funny because, like, it's just like a little thing of blood. It's just like, oh, you didn't do a good blade job, Jericho. And then they get up on the stage, and Dax Harwood of FTR, you can see him, like, I guess, push on the spot. Oh, no. That's what made him bleed I didn't more. know that. Yeah, like, Dax, like, is like, that doesn't look good. Here, let me help you. And it's just like, oh. he, he either rips it open a little more, or he, like, pushes the blood out mm, that makes me nauseous yeah you didn't see him do that no yeah he totally walked up to his forehead and was like either pushing or ripping the cut open there's probably a way to do it to like right make it bleed more because wrestlers what he did i've seen wrestlers do all the time in matches basically and you see the blood just pour Ugh. and then uh they power ward low power bomb jericho off the stage through a table leaving this brand new, basically four horsemen stable to close down uh, dynamite. Yeah, pretty much. That was that, and that was that. I mean that, but that beatdown it goes on for like ten minutes almost. Yeah, it you're it's like a long beatdown, mm-hmm. and you don't see it coming either. That's you what's great the, about you it. You see the group breaking up, and maybe them turning on MJF, or maybe San, Santana and Ortiz are leaving. Like, you see all of those things maybe happening. And then when they turn on MJF, you're like, man, he's going to get the shit kicked out of him. Mm-hmm. Nope. No. Other way around. 
Uh, what's great about this is the long-term storytelling that they did. Uh, back in November, MJF did an interview on a podcast where he's like, there's three people I respect in this industry that I, I'm never going to like talk trash on or anything like that. And that's uh, FTR and Tully Blanchard. He's like, they need another four horsemen like Stable. And I want to lead it. He did it. And if you rewind back to the first Dynamite, the first episode of Dynamite where there's no fans, COVID just hit, and uh, the episode where Matt Hardy and Brody Lee debut, if you go back to that episode, MJF is in the crowd with Sean Spears drinking wine, taking bets with him and Tully Blanchard also. Yep. Like MJF is basically like, I like you. Like planting seeds. Yeah. It, 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 it's just it's small things like that that AEW do so well. So well. Bravo, AEW. Phenomenal storytelling. Fucking phenomenal storytelling. And next week on Dynamite is a special St. Patrick's Day Slam. And the matches are Mark Quinn, Isaiah Casty, Private Party, with The Butcher and the Blade, Versus Jurassic Express and Bear Country. We have Jade Cargill will be wrestling. Uh, Cody Rhodes versus Penta El Cerro Miedo. Uh, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston versus the Good Brothers. And Dr. Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa in an unsanctioned lights out match to main event Dynamite with two women for the first time ever, a women's match main eventing Dynamite. Can't wait. Pretty fucking cool. Yep. And that basically wraps it up here for us. Um, all in all, pretty good week, stressful week as a fan of AEW, hoping that they can bounce back, and they did, and then some. They did such a great job, in my opinion. Um, and they did just that. They made you forget about the terrible finish at Revolution to now where we're looking forward to next week, and we want to see what happens now with the Inner Circle. Is Jericho going to take some time off? What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. We'll see. I'm excited. Uh, let's hit him with a one, two, three finish and get out of here. I actually have three. Um, one, lawnmower story is fucking great. Keep it going. I really want to know what lawnmower means. Like what? What? Like the inside joke. What was or the joke? Yeah. Like what was that? And uh, two, way to not WWE fuck up the fuck up with the explosions and three fuck yeah for women main eventing next week mm-hmm. uh, my number one so awesome to see christian cage in aw what a get i'm excited to see him wrestle and i cannot wait to watch him wrestle omega uh cody moxley darby darby versus christian is going to be great I even have Scorpio Sky, MJF versus Christian's money written all over that. Sammy Guevara versus Christian. Um, so many others. Fuck, I want to see the acclaimed versus Christian. Lance Archer. There's so many. He's such Lucha a flexible Bros. wrestler. Yeah. He could wrestle anybody. As Dax Harwood, the FTR, said that Christian is the most knowledgeable person he's ever worked with in wrestling. And really? he's the biggest asset that any company should be lucky to have. And he hopes, like, he is saying Christian is the best, like, best mind in wrestling he's ever seen. So, hold on. Let me let me put this 
word out there since we have a little bit of power with the universe and what happens when we say stuff unoffended. Do you think, because I know they have been open to working with WWE, but WWE is like, fuck you. Do you think Edge and Christian will have any sort of nothing? No? I'm putting it out there. Maybe it'll happen. No, no because <clears throat> Sean Ross Sapp kind of brought this up too, and it does make sense now, looking back on this. Why, after the Royal Rumble happened, did they never mention Christian once on WWE programming? Because he was moving. Yep, because they knew he was signing with AEW after that. Basically, I'm wondering if WWE offered him a contract and he was like, I already signed somewhere else. Because mm-hmm. they literally made no mention of Christian Helping after him. like the Royal Rumble. Like, not even on Raw the next night, nothing. And that's something like you just don't ignore. And you don't, and you act like that's something you don't act like that doesn't happen, basically. Because it was a big deal that he came back. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And it's kind of sad because Edge is probably done after this run, I would imagine. Same with Christian. And one of the tweets I saw on Twitter was like, it's really sad to see this because. This wasn't a new beginning for Edge and Christian. That was the end of Edge and Christian. That was their goodbye to each other, basically. That is sad. Mm -hmm. You got to see them one more time in the ring, and they're going their separate ways. Got to do what you got to do, though. Uh, So, yeah, my number one's Christian. Uh, My number two, shout out to the women main eventing Dynamite next week. Can't wait to watch that. And my number three, the barbed wire... Uh, the exploding barbed wire death match, in my opinion, is one of the greatest wrestling matches of all time. Uh, if you disagree because of the ending of Revolution and how that went down, you need to fucking get out, get that out of your head. Go back and rewatch that match. Fucking put some respect on Kenny Omega and John Moxley for what they put their bodies through in that match. That match was out of this world, insane, and in my opinion perfect uh and i'll tell you right now that's that's my match of the year and i'll it's gonna take a lot for me to change my mind on that well good they have a a lot to live up to because i think AEW is fully capable of blowing your fucking mind yeah that is true all right that about does it here you can follow us on facebook twitter instagram and youtube at offended pod make sure wherever you're listening to this on apple Podcasts, google pocket Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us just by searching Offended. Subscribe, give us a five-star rating, all that good shit. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Trick1042. You can follow Katie Katie Naked Lady on Twitter at... Naked Lady with two Y's. Oh, yeah. Uh, pretty soon, we're going to have a new T-shirt available on ProWrestlingTees.com, so stay tuned to that. Uh, make sure to go check out our... Songs of the Week playlist exclusively on Spotify at Offender Presents Songs of the Week. Make sure to go check out anythingbutcredible.com for all your network needs, including Offended, the Anything But Credible podcast, the Going Off Topic podcast, the Movie Merge podcast, and coming soon, What's Your Bliss podcast. Go check it out. Again, that's anythingbutcredible.com. Podcast Mo. Go check it all out, motherfuckers. All right. Well, that basically wraps it up. For a two uh, for a two episode week, it's been crazy. Yeah, 
And anyway, we will see you guys next week. For Katie, Katie, Naked Lady, I'm Tricky. This has been Offended, presented by the Anything But Credible Network. To play you out in its entirety is Revelation by Zardonic, featuring Mikey Ruckus. Uh, it was last year's Revolution theme song. In my opinion, it should just, should just be the theme song to Revolution every year because this song is badass. But anyway, we will see you guys next week. Bye. The revelation brings a revolution now. Go. Let's go. Take the back off the track. Back to back. We attack. Watch the kick back. And we go back. Back now. Go. Let's go. Take the back off the track. Back to back. We attack. Watch the kick back. So you don't go back